Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Kirsten. And this is Most Foul. Episode 11. Woohoo, episode 11. Oh, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) We had very different reactions to what I just did. (laughs) Outside of your head, it sounded good. (laughs) Inside of my head, it sounded chaotic. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of our vibe. Yeah, chaotic, good. I was like starting to say that as if I fully understand those charts. I sort of do. Yeah. I mean, mostly good. Yeah, I think good. And mostly not chaotic. Evil. No, not evil. I think at worst we would be neutral. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly chaotic. So yeah. I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I did take the test that tell you what your... I don't even know what that's called, your orientation no that's not the right word (laughs) (laughs) but i test as a true neutral because as you said i think in the very first episode sometimes the ends do justify the means i think i was also true neutral because we're the same person yeah i don't know i'm not into being lawful all the time (laughs) (laughs) i follow my own internal code oh yeah of course yeah I, I think that's sometimes I, I do want a justice of some sort. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to, I don't even remember. I think it was mini episode with my brother. And I, I said in the same sentence, I'm kind of fire and brimstone. And then in the next beat said, I'm kind of a pacifist. And both are true. <laughs> but I'm like, that's a weird sentence because it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Two things can be true at once. Yeah. Just don't fuck with me, basically, is is how that works. Yeah, I can I can be a person who's like, oh yeah, the prison industrial complex is bad, mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. Like, not even as a joke. It, it was kind of going in a jokey direction, but that's truly terrible. Right. Um, <laughs> and also, that's where Britney Spears' entire family deserves to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just no other place for some people. So I guess that's the question is who gets to decide. And it shouldn't be whoever's deciding right now because that's all messed up. It should be me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely her dad is not a good person. He's a horrific human being. Yes. I've been diving deep. Like... Mm -hmm. I, you know, have been tangential to the Free Britney movement. I love her. I absolutely feel as though she should be free, but I've never really dug into the docs, the podcasts. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you my mind is blown by how absolutely corrupt and horrific it has been, Mm -hmm. I, it's unfathomable the abuse that goes through our court systems and conservatorships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, and I don't know the details. I'm relying on you. So I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to interview you about this area of your expertise. But so her dad, 
kind of was the one who started it and obviously he was the conservator but how did it perpetuate and where was the rest of her family and what was going on her dad was a piece of shit her entire life uh-huh before the conservatorship he wasn't even allowed in her home yikes the hearing had multiple illegal things happen in it she was not given the five-day notice that it was coming mm-hmm. they like she they like put her into a mental institution um the judge approved an emergency conservatorship not the five-day notice where she could consult with a lawyer mm-hmm. there were lots of things in the law that were not followed the hearing was like incredibly short i think often conservatorship hearings are like 10 minutes and then she's been a prisoner for 13 years and her dad has been in control of everything she's been forced to work she put out four albums in the conservatorship world tours vegas residency Mm -hmm. 25 perfumes which as part of her estate her intellectual property is not considered in her income. And so her like her estate is $60 million because they've all been stealing from her. They're not accounting for her royalties, for her uh, perfumes, which basic celebrity perfumes get like $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. And hers is a successful one. Right. It, it's just stealing after stealing after stealing. It's crazy. It's crazy how he got away with it for so long. And she was on a worker strike where she was refusing to perform. Mm -hmm. And so people really noticed it with the Instagram posts. Like the Instagram posts were making her seem absolutely out of her mind. Mm -hmm. And that was outside of her control. Um, They launched like the in the zone experience when she was on her worker strike, anything to make money off of her. So she wasn't controlling her own Instagram at that point? Mm-mm. And there's questions even through like who's been controlling the posts and who's been posting what for the whole time. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. But then the additional New York Times documentary came out about all the surveillance she's under and mm-hmm. like recording devices in her room and mirroring of her cell phone into other devices they watched everything she did and said she consulted with a lawyer they kicked the lawyer out she had a bullshit court appointed lawyer that did nothing for her that she had to pay a half million dollars every year while also paying for her dad's multi-million dollar lawyers to fight against her my god it's like horrific if you want to dive into it what a mess and where was her mom during all of this that i don't know like her mom her sister and her sister is a victim too but victims can be abusers yeah yeah um but her dad is just a piece of shit so he petitioned to have the conservatorship ended because what that would do is not allow for discovery Mm. of what he's been doing so the judge removed him but britney's lawyers argued well if there's nothing to hide then we should remove him have a temporary conservator so we can do discovery and Mm -hmm. look into all of the last 13 years 
and we're going to have another hearing in November to hopefully end the conservatorship entirely. Oh, that makes sense. So I was wondering why they weren't moving to have it completely shut down now, but that makes so much sense. What a mess. And I wanted to read you this Instagram post. You might have seen it. I don't know if she's actually writing a book, but she posted, you know, one of a weird photo from somewhere on the internet, (laughs) a a hand reaching out. I saw it, but I didn't read the whole post. So the caption, I'm writing a book about a girl who was murdered, yet her ghost gets stuck in limbo because of trauma and pain, and she doesn't know how to cross over to the world she used to know. After being stuck in limbo for three years, she's a ghost who thrives off of her reflection in the mirror. She has no one she can trust, but something happens and she figures out how to cross over to the world where her family is. Coming out of limbo, she has a decision to make. Greet the same people who murdered her or create a whole new life. She no longer needs her mirror. She found a portal by citing certain prayers constantly that give her the insight and gift to not be scared anymore and come out of limbo. But what I will leave to the imagination is what she does when she crosses over, besides learning to write her name again. Whoa. Yeah, I read that yesterday, I believe. It was like, oh my god. I mean, her family has terrorized, destroyed, nearly enslaved her. Yeah. What does she do? Where does she go from here? Yeah. Oh and my she's god. 39. Right. It's crazy. She was like 26 years old when she was put in the conservatorship. And as part of the conservatorship, they said that she had dementia with no medical records, no evidence. They just submitted that she had dementia. She would have been the youngest recorded case of dementia in history. What the fuck? The judges need to go to jail. The lawyers need to go to jail. Her family needs to go to jail. I mean, there has to be some reckoning for all of this. There just has to be. I mean, because whatever happens, I mean, I wish the absolute best for her. And I still worry. You know, I see some of her posts and it's just kind of like, you know, I'm pulling for her. I think most people are pulling for her. But they can't walk away without any consequence for all of this. Because no matter what comes next for her... I mean, she lost all of that time. And as a woman, I mean, she's 39. She still is, you know, she's still probably young enough, old enough to have kids. But I mean, what if she can't? Like she, that window is closing and, you know, she's definitely come out and said that she would like to have kids. Um, So, I mean, it's just like things that can never be fixed. So many things have happened that can never be fixed or when they used her kids against her if you don't perform if you don't do this album we won't let you see your children right what about and then she had the forced iud yeah Ugh. yuck it is insane i mean aside from her personal trauma just the reality of what massive overhaul conservatorships need to have yeah yeah because, I mean, this is a big, well-known case, but it happens every day. And we talked about this. I worked at a group home when I was just out of college, and we had a lot of people who were under conservatorships, and their money came straight to us, the group home. And, I mean, that's a, you know, to my knowledge, this group was not doing anything nefarious, but, 
I mean, it just seems rife for abuse in a situation Mm -hmm. like that. So listeners, this has turned into a free Britney podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but I am heated. Yeah. I mean, it's such a mess. I feel like since we last talked, since we last talked, and I can't (laughs) talk, (laughs) since we talked last, (laughs) since we last spoke, Andrew, like the true crime landscape has gone apeshit. So much has happened. Um you know, I mean, we talk a little bit about behind the scenes. We record our episodes pretty well in advance because we have very full, rich lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm laughing because that's not true. No, it is true. Um, but we record well in advance, which means that we can't always respond to things as they're happening. But um, a lot has been happening in, in the last few weeks. We had the Petito case, which is still, as of right now, unresolved. The the boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had movement on the Zodiac case, which I can't wait to talk about because we, obviously, we did an episode on that. So I want to look at that. And then, um, what's the other one? I'm having trouble. The third one. Oh. Lebanon. Oh my gosh, my hometown. Yeah, there's that. Plus Free Britney. I mean, all of this stuff going on. It's crazy. Yeah. So maybe Zodiac. Yeah. I am extremely skeptical. (laughs) (laughs) Because? I don't know that I've seen evidence yet Uh that this man is the Zodiac. There's some weird stuff. And there was a piece of me that's like, of course, it would be great to know. But also like, man, that would suck that he got to live his whole damn life. But I mean, regardless of who it turns out to be, that is true. That will always be true because whoever it is at this point is either dead or probably very, very old. But I think it's really circumstantial. So do you know... Billy Jensen, so I I read his entire Twitter thread about why to not just believe this, that there's a lot of pieces, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, there's not um, hard proof. So that's, that's where I am at with this. I guess we should say a group of independent investigators named Gary Francis Post? Yeah, that sounds right. P-O-S-T-E. I was like... Poste and <laughs> Gary. Gary. As the Zodiac. What do you think? <laughs> I was waiting. You look like you're about to say something really profound. I was giving space, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I read that same Twitter thread um, by Billy Jensen, and I mean, he just really ripped that guy, Tom. I can't remember his last name, but the, the guy who's at the head of that group, he kind of you know, called him out and talked about his involvement in reviewing their claims about the D.B. Cooper case, which is another case. Uh, So interesting. And yeah, I mean, it just seems like, well, this person, this person could fit, you know, the timing might work, but it sounds like they can't even prove that he was in certain areas. I mean, it's just very circumstantial. So I'm not really buying it. Um, And all the stuff about the forehead wrinkles and you know, I mean, those are the kinds of things. This is why we have a court system that we have because, you know, I don't want to get convicted one day of something because my forehead wrinkles look like a sketch that, I mean, 
you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, we need more, more real evidence, um, to convict someone and thank God. I mean, I know everyone really wants to figure it out. And I think people got kind of a taste after the Golden State Killer of what it would, what it's like to solve something that's very old and that a lot of people think maybe could never be solved. But I mean, still, you need evidence. You need real evidence. So I'm not buying it. I'm following it like crazy. Um, like everyone else, I would love to know. But I do want to know where this dude lives. Like, is he in the North Bay? I'm still very invested in, I called it your pet theory, which is so patronizing. And I didn't mean it in that <laughs> way. But I just meant, you know, like the theory that we talked about, which is North Bay and deflecting and all of that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if Gary is live, was living in the North Bay, that, but what? that would fit into my biases. <laughs> what I want to know is more about his friend, mm-hmm. Glenn Barnes. Yes. Have you seen? I did. What is this? <laughs> we'll have to share this that we're alluding to. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't make any sense of it. So Glenn was friends with Gary and after Gary died, he posted these things, like a photo of them together. Mountain time with the old man, Gary Post, Zodiac, question mark, in 2018. <laughs> There's another post. My last visit with old man, Zodiac, god dang, miss you, old man. What? What? is this i thought you were going to talk about the one where he mentions like was good at giving head but might have been the zodiac or something like that (laughs) like do you have that one in front of you it's like i took a bunch of screenshots (laughs) as i was going through twitter i'm sure i have it here somewhere in my horrific camera roll of just (laughs) the most random screenshots in the world (laughs) if you ever get pulled over do not i hope you don't have biometrics turned on on your phone you don't want any police officer ever getting in there and wondering what is your problem so i just yeah i really want to know And then I'm going to say allegedly because I don't know any of this, but I saw another post that was like, Gary Barnes has also killed people. Oh, my God. Allegedly, according to some Twitter user, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sue us. I mean, it seems likely that Gary was not an awesome guy who you would want to invite over to your barbecue seems like it was kind of common knowledge that he killed animals for fun and tortured small creatures and i mean seems like yeah but does that make him the zodiac i mean i think you know that you've taken a wrong turn in life somewhere if people wonder if you're the zodiac killer but that doesn't in fact make you the zodiac killer true i just yeah i need to know way more about Gary. I I had the exact same. I was like, I want to know where he lived in the Bay. I want to know about his California history. But there's every bit of chance this isn't real as well. Yeah, I just don't understand that group. What what is what's in it for them? I mean, they talk about a lot of evidence that they have, but they haven't released anything. And I did find it interesting, though, Paul Jensen in that Twitter thread was talking about the Riverside case and how they won't release any DNA and how odd that all seems and basically trying to use this as an opportunity to pressure them to use the forensic genealogy methods Mm -hmm. um, to try to solve that case. And it's just 
it's kind of baffling that they wouldn't be more open. And if they have DNA samples, that they wouldn't allow those to be tested and yada, yada. Yeah. So I, I mean, it would be great if it was him. Um, I'd love for there to finally be resolution and who the killer is. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to learn more about their life, sort of like what we got with the Golden State Killer. Like, Mm -hmm. but that again, that one was for real. That one was a genetic DNA match, not um, conjecture. So, yeah, like, but then, you know, we got to learn who he was, where he lived as a cop, how he traveled California. that's what I hope we get. So whether it's Gary or not, I hope the genealogical matches or mm-hmm. whatever the correct term is. <laughs> um, I hope that leads us to a person who then we get to look at their life and match it with the timelines, the crime, and understand it more that way. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, D.B. Cooper, too. That case is also super mysterious and I mean I think there's something about again we talked about Zodiac and the the outsized kind of impact but I do think that there's something about cases that are unsolved like there's something Mm -hmm. intrinsically fascinating about them because I think oftentimes what we can imagine is way more interesting than what the truth would be so it, it hooks you in that way but yeah, I mean, I would love for us to get to the bottom of it. And I don't feel like it's impossible, even though that case feels so huge and unwieldy, you know, hopefully in our lifetimes. Yeah. I just need to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the other really big one is the case out of Missouri, which is fucking bananas. So we mentioned it on our Instagram stories that is taking place right now in the town that I am from and it's on the outskirts of town, but you know, it's boonies. So it has a Lebanon address, which is my hometown. We were all like cagey about where we were were from at the beginning, but now it's like, yeah, that's my hometown. (laughs) Yeah. We've like, it was like, okay, we're not going to say, I mean, to the point where it's like, we didn't even say states. I know. I know. I don't even and really know why other than we're just kind of paranoid. A few months in, it was then sort of like, oh yeah, here's my hometown legend. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's your uh, hometown horrific crime that's an investigation. Yeah. So, you know, because of the podcast, people now send me stories and stuff. So, my best friend, hey, Shelly, um, sent me a link to the article. And reading about it seems horrific. And reading all of the kind of dirt. So on Facebook, I still have a ton of friends who live in that town still. And reading the rumors and the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, some blog posts that, you know, are conjecture and rumor. Again, it's a small town. You and I have talked a lot about how we've grown up and the dynamics of a small town. And all of that is very true in this case. But the crux of it is there is a woman that in July went missing. Her name is Cassidy Rainwater. And she was last seen, I think, on July 25th. And around that same time, the FBI in Kansas City got an anonymous, anonymous, I think, tip 
Um, or maybe not anonymous. I don't know. The FBI aren't really sharing all of their information with me. Um, but they got a tip, a picture of a woman in a cage who was not fully clothed and looked to be being tortured. And somehow they matched that with the Cassidy Rainwater case, or they they had reason to believe that it was her. Um, and then they knew who had last seen her based on the local authorities' investigations. And so they went to talk to the man who lived at this property where she was last known to be. And on his phone, which they had a search warrant and everything, and they searched his phone, he had more pictures of her in a cage. And so they arrested him and someone else who was living at the property for kidnapping. But, you know, it's a big case. The word that I'm getting out of my town is that it's horrific that investigators have come back and like quit the police force that people are going for early retirement, like police officers coming back crying, um, like basically things that they never have seen and never could imagine. Again, the word on the street is that they have found either 13 or 18 different bodies on the property. Um, they, I believe that they have found the remains of Cassidy Rainwater, even though they haven't officially announced. But again, because it's my hometown, I've seen posts that her family is posting on Facebook talking about her as deceased. Um, I think they're just waiting for DNA confirmation to make the official announcement through the FBI. Yeah. But on the one hand, I'm hearing that the FBI has it so locked down that even officers in adjoining counties don't have much information. On the other hand, last Monday, the property was burned to the ground at night. And I don't know, was the scene secured? I mean, clearly nobody was posted there. They said when they went to address the fire, they found trip wires and they had to bring in the bomb squad from the nearest city, which is an hour away. So I don't know what the fuck is going on there, but it's clear that it is a complete hot mess. Yeah, that was a thing I texted you, like, did an accomplice burn it down versus was it an incendiary device? I mean, knowing that there were tripwires and bombs, like, yeah, there could have totally been some sort of fail safe. Like, if I don't turn this off every night, then a fire will happen to burn all of the evidence. Right, right. I mean, I just don't know. There's a lot of speculation but what is so some some folks are saying that it's like a human trafficking ring and that they're just a small part of it and it was accomplices who went to like get rid of evidence um, so that more people in the ring weren't caught. Um, I think it's totally plausible to think that there was some kind of like self-destruct kind of thing set up there. But then on the other hand, I'm like, this is a guy who's dumb enough to have seven pictures of a woman in a cage on his phone as he's just walking around town. Well, and like, maybe even sending them to people if yeah. the FBI got it through yeah. another source. Yeah. So apparently there was rumors of, I mean, there's all kinds of rumors. So there's rumors of cannibalism, of bodies being found. There are pictures from of the property from the road. Um just locals going by. So again, where the FBI, where the FBI are in this and how they didn't secure the scene or did secure the scene, I don't know. But there are pictures from the road 
of freezers in the yard that the FBI supposedly pulled, you know, I don't, it's, it's a mess. But then, you know, I did a deep dive last night into the Reddit board about it because you can't, the news media is all buttoned up. They're just all reporting strictly from the arraignment paperwork, I think, of these two guys. Yeah. Um, but on the Reddit board, there's YouTube videos and a guy who lives nearby who had video over, over the summer of a woman calling for help and he didn't go help because it's out in the middle of the woods and he thought it was a trap or something. But I when mean, I watched that video, um, I, I, I had the same dual, duality of thought yeah. where it's like, on the one hand, I was like, why aren't you going to help? But it was out in the woods. And I mean, it reminded me a lot of growing up on the farm mm-hmm. and like being rural and somebody just screaming for help. And he called like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And all she said was, I need help. And he kept asking, like, what happened? What happened? And she just kept saying, I need help. Right. It was like, I also wouldn't necessarily just run into the woods because someone's yelling for help. I know that sounds harsh, but, like, if you are a city person, you don't understand what it's like in the middle of nowhere. You don't know what's in the woods. Even someone calling for help isn't necessarily enough to risk yourself. Right. And I mean, this is a place in that first video of his, and I don't know if we'll link to these or not. This isn't really what the episode is about, but (laughs) um, he mentions that in order to call the police, which he did that first time, he had to drive up on a hill on his property. I mean, again, I don't know that everybody understands how remote, remote places can be, but yeah, I mean, it's basically like true detective kind of coming to life there. It's... It's crazy, but it's so remote, and that's meth country. Um, it's just, yeah, not a place you want to be tangling with people out in the wilderness without any kind of backup or weapon or Well, and especially people that are potentially trespassing on your property to begin with. Right, right. Yeah, and won't explain themselves. I mean, even in duress, if someone's chasing me, I'd be like, someone's trying to kill me. You know, help, help, someone's trying to kill me. Or help, help, my husband is chasing me. Call the police. Yeah, call the police. Like, so I agree. The help, help is kind of suspicious. I mean, it's unbelievably tragic. I I can't even describe. I'm sure you felt the same way, but I I can't describe to the listener, like, how horrendous I felt watching that video. Yeah. It was one of the most upsetting things I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And then that second video that we found that he produced later, and this guy, I mean, it's kind of a chode. I mean, I'll pull that word out from my college days. Like, I just can't think of anything that describes him better. He's, like, talking about his golf course as while explaining this video that he took that was potentially of someone who now seems to have been murdered. But as he's talking about it, it's clear that the gossip in that neighborhood, and he lives on a property that seems to be directly next to that property. So, I mean, he lives within a mile and he keeps saying the word murderer, serial killer, and it's edited out, I think for legal reasons. But I think, you know, again, we can't make any assertions about what happened there and we certainly don't have any insider info, but I think it's clear what the gossip in that immediate vicinity is. So not even in the town that I'm from, which this is maybe about 20 miles away from, I mean, it's, 
the same address, but again, you know, yeah, it's like when you live out of town, you still have to have an address of something. And so the nearest town is my town. But, you know, the immediate gossip in that valley of very remote properties and people who live out there, this is the gossip. And, and it seems clear that he has some kind of information that remains were found. Who knows how many or, you know, kind of what it is. But that seems to be his understanding from being right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so, certainly going to watch as this develops. It, I mean, it's that weird thing, especially as people into true crime. It, it's, I'm about to say something so naive, but it feels like this is a thing that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Like this is not something that happens in 2021, which is just so completely stupid to think that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because the 70s 80s that like prolific moment of serial killers and like the way that you feel like that really can't happen in the same way because Mm -hmm. of technology because of national databases because of law enforcement cooperation with other law enforcement agencies like it it almost feels like this doesn't exist either which is just so naive and wrong Mm -hmm. like of course i mean human trafficking just in and of itself is a multi-billion dollar industry yeah again i it's like it exists and QAnon is wrong like thinking (laughs) about having the two realities in the same but yeah it just feels like this is something you would read about from the 70s or 80s not from today totally totally no i know and it, it just yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot more to come. I mean, that seems to be the general consensus is nothing is coming out right now, but more charges are coming, more information is going to come, it's going to be horrific. And yeah, I mean, to me, I'm looking at all of these things that have bubbled up over the last couple of weeks, you know, it's all just like violence against women, essentially. And I mean, a lot of true crime is about that, not all of it, but a lot of it. And all of these cases show the different kinds of ways that that comes to be. The Zodiac to a lesser extent, but, you know, with Gabby Petito and, you know, domestic violence and partner violence, assuming, again, like, it's all Mm -hmm. alleged. We don't know what happened there, but the evidence seems to be pointing in that direction. Britney Spears, I mean just having her life taken from her, you know, and I, I think that post that you read about her is so poignant because... In a way, she was murdered. I mean, she lost so much of her life and who she was before all of that trauma and control and, you know, malfeasance. That person is gone. And in this regard, it's like women and gay men Mm -hmm. are always not punished, held accountable, held to standards that straight men aren't. Mm -hmm. Always, like... Like the Britney thing where it's like Diane Sawyer, who maybe not prison, but community service at least (laughs) (laughs) from her interview where she's like, well, this uh, government official says that she wants to shoot you because of what you're doing to destroy young girls. Yeah. And then she's like, well, yeah, but she's kind of right, isn't she? (laughs) Oh, my God. And I know, I know. It's always like you could have men just and any level of sexuality any level of all of the same things but if a woman does it or a gay man does it 
it's society crumbles it's their fault and i feel like those attitudes that toxic masculinity heteronormativity follows into the victimization in true crime Mm -hmm. and of course i'm like not at all encompassing uh straight men of color and racism like that that's a totally different thing um but yeah it's just like and our trans folks too i mean but i think when you start talking about these different intersections then you come to this unavoidable conclusion that we're talking about women plus this plus and you get to the end of the line and it's basically like we're talking about everyone except straight white men Mm -hmm. for the most you know in in these general ways not all straight men um but yeah yeah i mean it, it is that toxic masculinity and but i i mean how to change all of this i mean it's just and i know it's harmful for them too but you know, we're not finding mass graves of 18 of the, like the harm that is done to them is of a different sort. And honestly, mm-hmm. when you're reading about stories like this seems a lot less severe, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of incomprehensible how inured to it we are. Like we sit and we talk and it's horrific and, and yet these cases happen and what, what, what does society do about it? Nothing really. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, oh, well, you know, um, other than maybe blame some people because they were vulnerable. But like in the case of Brittany, you know, yeah, she had a period where she was acting crazy and shaving her head. And but it's like women and and gay men and trans folks and non-binary like they're abused because of who they are. And then when they show the effects of trauma then they're like blamed for their abuse because of the effects that they show after the abuse. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so fucked up. When we joke about it on the internet, but like 2007 Britney Spears makes total sense to me now. Completely. Completely. These grown men paparazzi were stalking this girl her whole life mm-hmm. she has enough and she attacks one of their car with an umbrella so therefore she gets to be a prisoner for the rest of her life under a conservatorship yeah it it's just absolutely insane and then meanwhile you have what russell crowe throwing a phone at some physical violence assault like totally fine he gets to have a career mm-hmm. like yeah. men get to do whatever they want yeah and like are so humanized so i know that you're also into ted lasso did you watch the finale i did and it's like the origin story of a new villain and i'm not going to give away too much because i know it just came out but the origin story of a new kind of like villain in in to the extent that a villain exists on that show is like his daddy was mean to him it's like wow really but then like a girl can be basically like, as you said, enslaved in her childhood to work, to make money for her parents. And then when she starts acting a little cray, like in our early twenties, everybody's scratching their head and it. And why isn't she normal? It's like, those two things just don't hold up. It's like a guy can like fall apart because of something that basically a lot of people encounter. Their parents are not perfect. 
But like, like you said, women are held to this standard of like, you should be able to endure the most horrific abuse and still be a normal, productive member of society. And oh, by the way, be pretty. And oh, by the way, be skinny. And oh, by the way, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Chris Brown gets to sell millions of albums and well, I don't know. Why weren't his rights taken away? Yeah, fuck that guy. He needs a conservatorship. Britney hits a car with an umbrella. It's just astounding. Yeah, yeah, it is. Ugh. So, yeah, this wasn't our plan for this episode, but it's so relevant, and people ask us all the time to talk about things that are happening now. Yeah, so that's our take on that. We didn't even do the, hey, how are you? It's so nice to see your (laughs) smiling face. (laughs) Well, this was our... What, what, what did you call it? Hodgepodge? This is our hodgepodge episode. I've enjoyed it a lot. Again, listeners, we hope you have too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. Do you like stream of consciousness hodgepodge or do you prefer the more outlined approach? Because we can do both. Both well, are fun. And it's definitely interesting the amount of time we spent with just general true crime chat. We haven't done much of that. Because, you know, it's happening right now. There's not culture. It doesn't fit into, like, the premise of the show. But, you know, if you're listening now, you know that Kurt and I are, like, true crime obsessives ourselves. And so (laughs) I I, I enjoyed that part. But let us know if just regular banter or if if you liked it, too. (laughs) Yes. So listeners, before we go, we have one more special treat to round out this hodgepodge episode. Um, a listener named Andrew, excellent name, I, if I say so myself, uh, did some investigation of his own. So if you go all the way back to our Lindbergh Baby episode, I mentioned that there were two songs that were unfindable and this listener reached out to some music archivists. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Uh, did some heavy lifting and emailed into the podcast and sent us the songs. So we have Charles A. Lindbergh Jr. And the other song, There's a New Star Up in Heaven by Bob Miller. So after we say goodbye, keep listening and you'll be able to hear both of these songs that very few people have heard in the last, I don't know, 50 years i can't wait to hear those and as always we appreciate the hell out of you absolutely Baby fair, curly hair, little baby fingers, his soul from this earth has flown. Though he's gone, he lives on near the angel singers. He lives where souls. way down here 
Life is drear since they took him away. Little lad, hearts are sad, though he's in heaven's care. We'll pray, we'll meet him someday. Oh, your cross 
is heavy, we'll share it, friend, with you. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. It really helps us. Plus, we'll read five-star reviews on an upcoming episode. This has been a Facts from Janet production.